is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning, everyone. Great to be with you again this Sunday morning. We continue our series, which we've called Church Rebooted. Church Rebooted. And I really want to jump straight in. I don't want to spend too much time unpacking where we've been. I trust you've been following this important series. And today we're going to be talking about being a prophetic people. But I want to jump straight into uh, chapter five of Ephesians. We're actually looking particularly at chapter four, but I want to start with a little part of chapter five, because the whole of chapter four and five and beyond is all about us living a life worthy of the calling that God has given us. As Paul, who wrote this letter, uh, as he described the life of a Christian, he, there was a turning point at the beginning of chapter four when he said, now, now, please live a life worthy of this calling. And so when we get to chapter five, we, we see him once again unpacking what does it mean to live a life worthy of this amazing calling. And I really believe that this word, this part of the series is the turning point in our series together. It's, I would almost say it's, the, it's probably the most important part of this series for many of us. It's like without grasping this part, what it means to be equipped, you won't get the rest of it. Or in fact, you won't be able to do the rest of all God is calling you to do. So Paul says, live a life worthy, but then he begins to point us in the direction where we need to go in order to live a life worthy. So we see in chapter five, verse eight, he starts describing that you were once in darkness, but now you are in the light. He says, but now you are light in the Lord. Live, therefore, as children of light. So he's still in that same vein of live a life worthy of calling. Now he's saying live as children of light. He starts describing the fruit of light. It starts talking about goodness and righteousness and truth. It's like shorthand for what many of us would know as the fruit of the Spirit. He then also describes other ways that as believers we can go uh, into dark places, I guess, and, and, and not live as children of light. He talks about making unwise decisions. He even talks about don't get drunk on wine. And there's all of these descriptions to say, look, look, look live as children of light. And then he says something really startling, particularly when he talks about not getting drunk on wine. He doesn't say to the readers and to us, uh, therefore, I plead that you abstain from that. You know, live a godly life. Don't, don't do that. Live a, live a godly life. He doesn't say that. He says, instead, be filled with the Spirit. He says it like a command to all believers that we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you like the alternative to getting drunk, the alternative of making unwise decisions, the alternative on going into a life that is full of darkness is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, the, the, the Greek present tense is, is what is used in those few words. Uh, and it's describing a life that is continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just a, a once encounter, as precious as that is. 
it's talking about us being continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So this applies to the to all of our lives and every part of our lives. If you're a, a young mum at home with young children, then the Bible says be filled with the Holy Spirit to enable you to be a mum. If you're struggling to cope with the pressures at work, the Bible says be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're feeling anxious or concerned or worried about something, maybe your health or the health of others, yes, pray for them, but be filled with the Holy Spirit and know, uh, 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 know that anxiety go in your life and be filled with the peace of God. If you're worried about your future or someone close to you, their future, be filled with the Holy Spirit. We are looking at being a body that's equipped. And one of the areas that we want to be equipped in is to be people that are prophetic. We want to be a prophetic people. Or another way of describing that is to be a people of the Holy Spirit. It was in the beginning of Acts, the beginning of the early church, when these words were said, I will pour out my spirit on all people and they will prophesy. You see, to be a, a prophetic people, to be a people of the Holy Spirit is central to the believer's life and central to what it means for us to reboot as a church. I would go as far to say everything else that we're talking about in the life of a believer, being an evangelistic people, being a pastoring, teaching people, being, being an apostolic people. None of that is, is, are things that we should do or can do in our own strength. No, no. We are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So when we think about Woodside Church being rebooted, you know, we may think of our Sunday mornings. I know it's been a long while for many of us and, uh, since we've experienced those things, but we will get back there. But, you know, sometimes we can think, well, maybe it's great that we've got live musicians and great quality, you know, gifted, talented musicians and singers too. And uh, we, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a, an expression of church that, that we're seeking to be relevant to today's world around us but we must be clear as a church we are not who we are or what we are because we have modern music or uh, contemporary relaxed style or even the fact that I don't dress in a particular costume on a Sunday morning that isn't what makes church church we are like we are because we have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and everything comes from this See, my concern is this, if we stop praying for one another to be baptised in the Holy Spirit, if we, are, if we are less focused on being continually filled in the Holy Spirit, then that will have a direct effect on our meetings together. We want to be those that are full of the Holy Spirit. Now, this moment actually requires a little gear change 
Up until now, we've been talking about who we are together, who the church is, this wonderful, faceted, uh, multifaceted uh, uh, gifts and, uh, and contributions to the life of the church. But actually, this is a moment, I think, to consider maybe this is a time for a personal reboot. Because all of what the church is flows out of your and my personal relationship with our Father in heaven. And being filled with the Holy Spirit is crucial to that relationship. I cannot emphasise this enough. We need to keep praying for one another to be full of the Holy Spirit in whatever context we find ourselves. Let's think of our community groups for a moment, our smaller groups that, that, that connect and will soon, I trust, be meeting uh, in person together. Group leaders, is everyone in your group baptised in the Holy Spirit? Are you filled with those? Have you recently encountered God in a fresh way? When was the last time members in your group were filled with the Holy Spirit? We need to constantly know the deluge of the Holy Spirit amongst us. It's when we allow the Holy Spirit to have its way amongst us. Then freedom comes in our lives and freedom comes in our meetings when we gather. You know, we've seen even at these early stages, we've had two Sundays when we had in-person meetings. I, I know that not everyone can be there yet, but it's been different. I want you to know as we've shared about being body, it's been different. We've had contributions and, and, and prophecies and different people leading us multiple times. It's been wonderful. None of this happens without the overflow of the Holy Spirit in our individual lives. If that's for you, and if I'm honest, I think it's probably for many of us. Some of us have had a year when we've been close, closer to God with all that's gone on. But many of us, I think, have understandably found this year very, very difficult. And God feels very distant to you at the moment. Well, the answer that Paul would give was be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the starting place. It's not changing the way we structure things. It's not changing the way we express ourselves in church. Well, those, those things are important. No, no, no. It begins with being filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Even before... I recorded this message. My prayer was, Lord, please fill me with your Holy Spirit. I've got nothing more to bring. I need you empowering me and equipping me. And I regularly, regularly pray that prayer and regularly encounter God afresh. So what does it mean, therefore, for us to be a community that is full of individuals that have been filled with the Holy Spirit and are continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to look at six things that I think are the outworking of a Spirit-filled community. The first one would be this. We will see a greater use of the gifts of the Spirit when we are filled with the Spirit. 
And those gifts are, are given to the church to build up the body. So the message of wisdom, the message of knowledge, gifts of faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, tongues, distinguishing between spirits, interpretation of tongues and all those. The more we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the more we will see the manifestation of those gifts amongst us. Dave Holden, one of the fathers of our movement and one of the apostolic teams that leads one of the spheres of New Frontiers, he describes it this way. He says this, my understanding is that people begin to move in the gifts of the Spirit with greater freedom and abandon than ever once they have been baptised in the Holy Spirit. It is not that they can't move in these gifts without it, but this is the doorway that opens to a whole ocean of experience of the Spirit and true freedom and liberty of the Spirit. So helpful. Secondly, our meetings. If we are a spiritual community, our meetings and our gatherings become radically different to what they would have been without radically different whether they're larger gatherings or smaller gatherings in our community groups the holy spirit transforms when we meet together in fact this is a massive shift that we see in scripture from the old covenant that we see in the old testament to the new covenant the new agreement that jesus ushered in and the involvement of the holy spirit is central to that change from old to new covenant. Jesus described it this way. He said in John 4, we read that the, the worship that the Father seeks is worship that is in spirit and in truth. Again, Dave Holden writes, Jesus is ushering in a radical new understanding of what worship is now going to be. New access, anytime, anyone, any place, not through somebody else. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We have freedom and access to our father in heaven. It's interesting when we look at the New Testament, we try and find a model for what 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 church should look like. There isn't an awful lot to describe what meetings are like. Actually, there's there's not a lot of detail. We get signposts for what we should see. One thing that is clear is they're not particularly front-led. And whatever leadership is brought is a leadership that facilitates the life of the Spirit. But we do see these things in Scripture which give us real signposts to what we should expect when we gather. If I read on those verses from Ephesians 5, it says this, Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father of everything, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 14, 28 says this, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each one of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or the most three should speak one at a time and someone must interpret. 
If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Then it says this, two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. Do you see this? There's such activity. There's such contribution. There's one's got this and one's got that. This is a very different expression to what many people would anticipate and expect in one of our gatherings. It's interesting, one of the things that we've changed already on Sunday mornings, and when you all start to come back, I trust you will soon, uh, and be able to do that. One of the things that we don't do is we don't check what someone wants to bring before they speak on the microphone, the microphone that's, that's on the floor, just to the right-hand side of the stage, if you're familiar with, with, with the layout on both the east and west sides. We found actually that by the intention was actually to help people, not to not to dissuade people to of, for bringing something, but actually to help people. But actually, it just over time felt more like we were checking someone rather than releasing someone. Not what we intended at all. And so basically, we've done away with that, and and we encourage people just bring what you've got. Like we read in these verses, two or three prophets should speak, and then others should weigh. It's far better when we have it that way around. It may mean sometimes we have some things we think, oh, I'm not quite sure where that's going. But together, I think as a body, we can find God and follow the spirit and weigh and pursue all that God is saying to us. It's interesting, by the way, just as an aside, uh, <clears throat> uh, I, I think our smaller contexts are key for this. I think when we meet in our community groups, I think it's really important that 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 in that context we we we, we make sure we're encouraging space for this as well as when we gather on Sunday. It, it, what is also interesting is our Sunday context is actually a very biblical context, the sort of size gathering that we have, and I'm not sure if people realise this. Some people might look at some uh, Romans 16 when Paul writes. Uh, to the church there and uh, he greets a couple called Priscilla and Aquila and in fact we're told in verse 5 of chapter 16 that the church meets at their house and sometimes we can put our sort of western thinking on this context and think oh in that case it, 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 this the, the, the life of the church was in a was in a house like my house or like the room I'm in now which maybe could get a dozen people in maybe 15 if it was very tight uh, and obviously with no COVID restrictions but this would have been a large house with large rooms and many scholars would say you could expect 150 or more people could gather in their house and if there wasn't room enough in the rooms there would likely to be a courtyard where many many people could gather that's very typical in the Middle East even today and so even when we think, how do we express this? Well, actually, what we do on Sunday mornings is about 150 people normally in normal times. Great context and very similar to what we see in the New Testament. So whether it's in small, small, like our sort of community groups, which are great for many reasons, whether it's there or whether it's Sunday, these are places where we can encounter God and expect the flow of the Spirit amongst us. Thirdly, what does a... Uh, a spiritual community look like it's a place where Jesus is being glorified. That's what the Spirit ultimately is seeking to do to ensure that Jesus is glorified. That affects the song choice we have, it affects our prayers. It's not a me focused moment, it's a God focused moment. That's what the Spirit is seeking to do. Also, when we were 
spirit-filled community, we encounter God. We encounter God as our Father. We're reminded that he is Abba Father. If you've never experienced an encounter with the Spirit that's revealed to you that you're a child of God, well, I've got good news for you. Because that's what the Spirit wants to do in your life. Wants you to know that you are loved and accepted by a Father in heaven that thinks you are amazing. And wants you to know him as Abba Father. That's like Dad. It's like an intimacy. Or Papa in French, I think is really helpful. Fifthly. As we are a spiritual community, expectation grows. Even this past Sunday, uh, Ollie Hearn is our, our soon-to-be youth pastor, actually. Uh, he said to me, he said, you know, Marty, he said, that was one of the best, if not the best, Sunday morning meeting I've ever experienced at Woodside. I mean, God is at work. And I know not all of us are experience that sense of gathering but we will and we will I trust and I pray very soon and we're expecting and we're seeing God move amongst us and finally what does a Holy Spirit community look like it's a place where we love those who are far from God when the Holy Spirit was poured out on all people the beginning of acts acts 1 verse 8 it said that the spirit was poured out on them and they were given power to be witnesses to tell those who are far from god about the love of god and that jesus is the risen king jesus see the holy spirit being given to his church is not it is about my relationship with god but it's so much more and if, if we are truly filled with the Holy Spirit, we will be creating space in our lives to love those who are far from him. Love those who do not know him. In fact, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, we can prophesy, we can speak in tongues, we can have faith that moves mountains, but we don't have love, then we're nothing, he says. We're nothing. So please, we mustn't make this into, this is all about me and Jesus. No, 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 this is about the presence of God, the spirit of God, drawing us to him, yes, but also propelling us to others to say that God loves them and God wants, uh, wants them to know him as his Lord and Saviour. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God, but the second, Jesus says, is to love our neighbour. And so if we are a spirit-filled people, we are those who go to those who are far from God. This is where being an evangelistic people and being a prophetic people just come together, like two sides of a coin. We must never separate them. I really believe this is important for us. And in a moment, I'd love to pray for us. To be a prophetic people means to be a spirit-filled people. But it begins with a moment, if you like, a personal reboot that says, God, I need you. And the Bible says, whatever circumstance you find yourself in, if you're a believer in Jesus, then you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And the promise, Jesus said, is for anyone who believes, who believes that this gift is a gift for, for them. And the Bible says it's for everyone. And Jesus also says, you've also got to be thirsty. So if you believe in Jesus and you believe in this gift for you, and you're thirsty for God, then Jesus wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. So I love to pray for us as you draw us some to a close. It doesn't matter that we haven't got the mood music and the band and everything else. You don't need any of that. All you need is to come to God now. Let's lead in prayer. Father, we thank you so much that we live in the days of the new covenant. When your spirit, yourself, is poured out, not on some people, or for some reason or some situation. But Lord, your spirit is poured out on all people. And Father, I love it that your son Jesus said that it, it's not something we need to qualify for. It's not something we need to jump through hoops for. But it's something that is a gift for all that place their trust in you. And Lord, the other thing that you said is that we need to come thirsty. And Lord, we are thirsty for more of you today. In fact, with my brothers and sisters, uh, so many of them I haven't even seen properly uh, for so many months. Uh, Lord, so many of us, I'm sure, are thirsty for more of you. So I pray as we, as we come to you, would you please pour out your spirit upon us all. Would you fill us afresh? We say, come Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Would you fill everyone who is drawing to you now? Lord, would you fill them with your love? Would you fill them with your grace? Would you fill them with your peace? Would you fill them with the Holy Spirit? We say, come Holy Spirit, come and fill us afresh we pray thank you god thank you god for your promise thank you for your faithfulness thank you for the gift of the holy spirit thank you lord jesus we say would you continue to fill us even as we finish this meeting we say lord will you continue to do a work in our hearts we are here for you god we are here for you, but we, we need you, God. We need more of you in our lives and we welcome you and we bless you and we celebrate that your spirit is poured out upon all of us. In Jesus' name we pray with grateful hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, God bless you. I really hope to see you all very, very soon. May God be with you. May the Holy Spirit be close to you in today and in the coming days. Be filled, be blessed. See you soon. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.